0: Good morning, Life Center. Woo! Amen. Great to see everybody here today. Excited to be doing this uh, Hot Topic's Family Edition. Uh, It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty fun, actually. Um, So, if if you probably saw one of these sitting on a seat beside you, or you sat on it, so get up and pull it out from under you and let it cool off. It might be a little warm. Uh, anyway, we gave these to you because there's a couple of things on here for the next, like Pastor Scott said, the next four weeks. We're going to be doing a family challenge every weekend. So this will give you an opportunity to kind of stay on track with what our key verse is, what the family challenge is. Uh, and you can take notes if you feel so inclined. So that's to help you stay in touch with what we're doing. This is going to be a fun couple of weeks. Um, we're going to do a lot of different things. We're going to have some giveaways at the end. It's going to be just a good time and um, so I wanted to, to let you know The, the driving force behind the, the focus on the family And that was because we believe at the Life Center That families matter uh, They're very important If you have strong families, you have strong communities If you have strong communities, you have a strong nation, right? So we can do one of two things We can whine and complain because everything's going to hell in a handbasket Or we can do what we can do And the fourth thing that's hanging on the wall out there uh, next to the restrooms is what? It's make a difference, right? So we're focusing on families because when families do the right thing, when families work together, when we persevere, we begin to make a difference. We begin to turn the tide of things in our world. So you have to believe that God called us to do something for Him. He created us with a purpose. We believe in finding that purpose, and we believe in making a difference. So we're going to be doing four weekly challenges. And they're going to be fun. And so, if you, how many, how many of you in here use social media, even if it's semi regularly? Okay, most everybody does, right? Um, So, what we're asking you to do is, when we do these challenges, when we issue these challenges every week, we're asking you at some point, uh, whatever it might be. This week, I'll go ahead and give you a sneak preview. We're asking everybody to have two family dinners, you know, with the whole family at the table having dinners i mean it can be hot dog or pizza it doesn't matter we're not concerned don't take a picture of your plate we're not concerned about your food right? <laughs> but we want everybody to have family dinners at least 2 this week with no distractions no tv no cell phones nothing that beeps nothing that whirs nothing that jiggles <laughs> maybe jello is fine nothing electronic right And so when you do that, we're going to get somebody to just take a quick picture and a picture of you by your family. When you post it, post it on your wall and put that hashtag beside it and tag the Life Center. It's going to be fun. You're going to get to see people having dinner. It'll be fun. You're going to do it with me? All right, we're going to do it. So every week we're going to have one of these challenges and the whole idea here. I want to just tell you a little bit, just real quick. The reason why we do social media is because we live in 2018 and everybody does social media. But the reason why we do it as a church is because... It gets the word out. Uh, my wife did a post for this series, and she paid 10 bucks or whatever to boost the post. People, we've been asking people to share posts. I think in a couple of hours, we had hit over 400 people just from the post. So when you post something on your wall, your friends read it. Uh, then they post. They share whatever. So the idea is to get the word out. So let's do this. It's going to be fun. So let's – we understand that kids are in the room. And so finally, someone's going to understand my messages finally. So I'm glad they're in the room. So we're going to move quickly today. Uh, You got to listen fast and write fast and watch. There's going to be a lot of things we're going to talk about. So the the key verse for today is this. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15. Love this verse. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. This is our key verse. We're talking about living on purpose. That is what we're talking about today. And so obviously we're talking about things that distract us, distractions that keep us from focusing, distractions at the table when we should be having family dinner. Everybody's got a device. How many of you go to the restaurants and see people sitting on phones while they're having dinner? Have you seen that? It's rather entertaining. Uh, we actually, my wife and I, were at dinner one night and we watched an entire family have an entire dinner. I don't know if they said anything. Until the waitress came to take their food order, and then they went right back to whatever it was they were doing. And now, if you happen to be at a restaurant that you don't have a phone with you, oh my gosh, I forgot my phone. There's a little device at your desk, at your table. You can play a game on that if you have to. I mean, we're solving problems. (laughs) We're solving problems. So distractions, they're a big deal. Take a look at the screen. Making weird faces again? No, I'm not. You make weird faces, honey. Do you have to read at the table? Uh-huh. Yeah. Smaller bites, Dash. Yikes. Bob, could you help the carnivore cut his meat? Oh. Dash, you have something you want to tell your father about school? Uh um well, we I, mean, I sected a frog. Dash got sent to the office again. Good. Good. No, Bob, that's bad. What? Dash got sent to the office again. What? What for? Nothing. He put a tack on the teacher's chair during class. Nobody saw me. You could barely see it on the tape. It caught you on tape and you still got away with it? Whoa. You must have been booking. How fast do you think you were going? we are not encouraging this. I'm not encouraging. I'm just asking how fast you... Honey! Right. First the car, now i got to pay to fix the tape. The car? What happened to the car? Here, I'm getting a new plate. So, how about you, Vi? How was school? Nothing Uh, to report. uh, You've hardly uh, touched uh, your food. I'm not hungry for meatloaf. Well, it is leftover night. We have steak, pasta. What are you hungry for? Tony Ridinger. Shut up. Well, you are. I said shut up, you little insect. No, she is. Do not shout at the table. Honey? Kids, listen to your Mother? if we were having Tony Loaf. That's it! Hey, hey, hey! Stop it! Stop it! We're gonna be choked! Stop coming in the house! No no, 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 You sit down! <laughs> no! Hey! No, no force hey, field! Hey, hey, you started it. You sit down! You sit down! We'll Violet! Ow! Ow! Oh! Oh! Simon J. Palladino, a longtime advocate of superhero rights, is missing Gazer Beam. Bob! It's time to engage! Do something! Don't just stand there! I need you to intervene! You want me to intervene? Okay. Speedo. Hey, Helen. bye hey, Jack Jack. I you to drop hey. by. Ha! Never heard that one before. Hello, Lucius. Oh! Ha. Oh. I like it when it chatters. I'll be back later. Hey, where are you two going? It's Wednesday. Oh. Bowling night. Say hello to honey for me, Lucius. we'll, we'll do. Uh, good night, Helen. Good night, kids. Don't think you've avoided talking about your trip to the principal's office, young man. Your father and I are still going to discuss it. I'm not the only kid who's been sent to the office, you know. Other kids don't have superpowers. Now, it's perfectly normal. Normal? Too. What do you know about normal? What does anyone in this family know about normal? Now, wait a minute, young lady. We act normal, Mom. I want to be normal. The only normal one is Jack Jack, and he's not even toilet trained. Lucky. <laughs> oh, I-, I meant to be normal. Oh, man. My table has never been like that. I'm pretty sure my wife has those stretchy arms, too. Back when the kids were little, I'm pretty sure she had that power. Anyway, obviously, distractions uh, abound, right? So just to give you uh, kind of a snapshot of the things that distract us presently, I'm going to run through some some interesting statistics. First on is this. 40% of American families eat dinner together three times or fewer weekly. 10% of families never eat dinner together. That's a pretty significant number when you consider our country has about 350-something million people in it, you know. Um, so let's talk about some of the distractions. So cell phones. 95% of Americans own cell phones, and 77% of those are smartphones. That's a lot of smartphones. <laughs> Hopefully, they're smart people that hold the smartphones. Um, Online presence 77% of Americans are online Daily and of those 77% One in four Are online Almost constantly So obviously if you have a smartphone You know that if you have a data plan You can get online whenever As long as you've got a signal you can can get on the internet And do whatever you want to do So that leads to social media which I found Very interesting I didn't know this until I was digging around 1.6 billion billion Facebook users. That's billion with a B. That's a lot of Facebook people. 68% of those are 18 to 29 year olds. And this one really blew my mind. 100 million hours of video is viewed daily on Facebook. Just to give you some perspective, one year is 8,760 hours. 100 million hours of cat videos. Ah! What have we come to? <laughs> Instagram. 800 million users, 35% of which check them multiple times a day, so some 280 million people are checking their their Instagram multiple times a day. Attention spans. Supposedly, now this, this research has been done and I found some, some uh, evidence that it's hard to track, so it's, it's I'll toss it out there. 12 seconds was the average attention span in the year 2000. And present, it's about eight seconds. Now, the debate was how do they really check attention spans? There's a lot of factors, a lot of variables. But just, let's just take it as a blanket rule. Eight seconds. I mean, you should be a, a pastor preparing a message knowing that everybody out there has about eight seconds. I mean, sermons are getting short. <laughs> <laughs> Just to keep everybody engaged. So attention spans are shrinking. In fact, 77% of 18 to 24-year-old range, if they are not occupied, the first thing they do is go for their phone. That's, the, that's where we are. So basically what we've created is we've created this, this, this connectivity capability that is amazing. We all use it. Oftentimes at work, I, I ask coworkers, like, how in the world did people get stuff done before Google. Like, what did they do when they couldn't find something? I use Google all the time. I mean, I guess you had to send a letter somewhere and wait for it to come back. And hopefully it was the right answer. So we've, we've taken this ability to be uh, aware, connected, and it's become, it's become almost an addiction to us. It's, it's something that's become part, so much a part of our societal structure that now there are things like, we were in Japan, we got on the subway, and part of the looping announcement is, Don't talk on your phone while you're on the subway because it disturbs other passengers. I never knew they were going to have to have an announcement about that kind of stuff. But that's where we are. So dinner with distractions is a common occurrence, right? We've talked about it already. Seeing people having dinner and very little conversation going on. Everybody's buried in their device. Watching TV. All these things. Now, I just wanted to set this in the beginning of this next few weeks of series. We're going to talk things from the Bible, right? Obviously. But there's nowhere in the Bible. I've checked. It doesn't say anything about cell phones in the Bible. I checked. It doesn't say anything about Facebook. It's not in there. Uh, there's nothing about Instagram in there. So what we have to do is we have to take that prin- the principles in the Word of God and we have to make them work in 2018, right? Because they do work in 2018. Right, right, right. Yep. Because we already heard what the Bible says about paying attention to how you live, right. right? Because the days are short. Make the most of it. So we're taking those concepts, those principles, and we're applying it in the world that we live in. So with that in mind, I'm just going to tell you a quick story, two people that we want to focus on here, and that was Mary and Martha. This, they're Lazarus' Lazarus's sisters. Most of you may have heard this story. Maybe you haven't. Whatever the case is, I'm going to share it with you. There's a, there's a, uh, this, these three people, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, were friends of Jesus. And so we're going to insert ourselves into the story in, chapter, in Luke chapter 10. Jesus and the disciples were on their way. They are heading somewhere. And he came to the village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. So picture the scene, right? They invite Jesus to dinner. Maybe this is the first time he met Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. I don't know. Bible doesn't really give that explanation. But he's invited to their house. They're having dinner. And things are going on. You know, if you have company over, you have things to do. If if company comes to this house, this guy's busy because the lady on the front row here has things that have to happen. Right, So we got to get things ready. Stuff has to get taken care of. Closets have to get stuff shoved in and closed. <laughs> Y'all don't do that, right? Uh, so Martha was busy. She was getting stuff ready. She was preparing. And Mary was just hanging out in the living room listening to Jesus talk. So the story unfolds where Martha's getting a little frustrated because Mary's not helping. She's just getting irritated and the steam's starting to build. And verse 40 says, but Martha was distracted. Mary was focused, Mary was in the moment, Mary was there, but Martha was distracted. Now, Martha wasn't doing things bad. Martha was making sure the the water glasses were filled. Martha was making sure the tea was ready. Martha was making sure the green beans didn't burn. Martha was making sure the, the cake was in the oven. Martha was doing all the good stuff, but Mary was doing something different. And the Bible describes Martha as being distracted. And so finally, Martha gets irritated enough where she just bursts into the dinner party and says, you know what? like, this lady over here isn't helping me, and I'm doing all the work, and it's not fair. And so Jesus says in Luke 10, 41, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You know, and your names get called twice. It's either you're in lots of trouble or they're trying to calm you down. I think he's trying to calm her down. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. And Mary has chosen what is better and i'm sorry but it will not be taken from her now looking at that picture i don't know if martha stormed out of the room again or finally she said you know what the cake can just burn who cares i don't know what happened after that the significance here though is martha's distracted and mary's not the difference here is there was many things that we could focus on but really jesus said there's really only one that's important and mary's picked it i mean thanks for the food but that's not the most important thing here The most important thing here is the time that we have to spend together. The most important thing here is, and they didn't know this, but Jesus is thinking, I only have a couple years left. This is the important moment. They didn't know that Jesus was going to be crucified at 33 and a half years old. He did. And so he was telling Martha, I appreciate all you're doing. I know you're busy. There's a lot of things that are distracting you, but pay attention to this thing because the moment you have now is not a moment that you'll get back. Distractions prevent us from living in the present. I want to quote a very wise person, Master (laughs) Ugwe. I do a lot of studying in preparation for these messages. I research fine learning from a lot of wise old turtles. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. But today is a gift. That is why it's called the present. Right? That's why it's called the present. Living on purpose really simply means that we're managing the distractions so that we can live in the moment. So that we cannot, and all of you, all of you who are parents have gone through the, the cycles with your kids, right? There are stages. There are books about the stages, terrible twos horrific fours i mean whatever you want to call these these moments in your kid's life where it seems like you're never going to survive them how many of you remember when your kid didn't sleep through the night you think that do you think that time freezes and you're going to your child is going to be 13 months old for 50 years like you never think it's ever going to stop or you go through the the, the twos where no seems to be the only word you know because every other word is no and my wife was telling me about a, a young mom who had posted on Facebook that she said, I don't know who taught my child to say no, but they're saying no all the time. My wife was like, I wonder if, <laughs> if it registered yet that the parent's the one that's saying no all the time. Right? Those moments, those seasons in your life where you're thinking, oh, if I can just get past this one, I think everything will be fine. I've got married kids and I still do that. Oh, if I can just get past through this. <laughs> i just, just kidding. <laughs> the point is we have a tendency To rush through moments in our life that we'll never get back. And it's not that we're evil people, it's because we're busy. It's because life is fast and we have things we're trying to do. And so oftentimes we will overlook the moment that we should be present because we're worried about what happened yesterday or what's gonna happen tomorrow. The moment we have right now is really the only moment we're promised. None of us know what tomorrow holds, none of us know what five minutes from now holds. You might be thinking, I hope he's done. (laughs) <laughs> but we don't know what the next future moments of our life hold So if we live always looking for tomorrow Or if we live regretting from our past We miss the gift of the present moment And so I just want to ask Kind of jog your mind and make you think about this Because you fast forward the story of Mary and Martha and Lazarus Ahead a few months I don't know exactly the time frame The Bible's not completely clear there But at some point, Lazarus falls ill, and he dies. And so we enter the same picture, Jesus coming back to the same town to see the same people. This time, though, Lazarus is dead. And so in John chapter 11, Lazarus has actually died, and he's been in the the grave for four days, or a tomb. It wasn't a grave. It was a tomb. And so Jesus shows up, and in John chapter 11, Martha comes to Jesus. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, if you look, you can kind of see a glimpse into the personality of Martha. Martha's very works-oriented. She's very do it with your hands, fix it. So in her mind, if Jesus would have been there, he could have fixed it. If he'd have been there before Lazarus died, he could have solved the problem. He could have fixed it. So she's already kind of agitated. She's already frustrated a little bit. She's kind of, maybe, maybe she's thinking about uh, what should have happened, and it didn't. And so now she's frustrated. Or maybe, maybe there's a little bit of regret in Martha's life because she was always worried about everything else. And maybe she didn't spend as much time. Maybe her brother wanted to go on a cruise with her. And she's like, you know, I'm too busy working. Everything else I got to do. I just can't spend the time. Maybe I want to go camping. No, I can't go camping. I'm busy. So in all those moments when someone is gone, then you start the play reel of the moments that you missed. The interesting thing to me is Mary didn't leave the house when she heard Jesus came to town. Martha did. Martha's the one that addressed Jesus. would She's already engaging. Mary doesn't even show up. In fact, Mary didn't show up until Martha went back to the house and said, Jesus would like to see you, Mary. And I wondered, I I was thinking about this, I was wondering if Mary had perhaps a different feeling or, or a perspective of the entire situation because of the time that she spent that was important. I wonder if she had a different kind of peace, maybe, about her brother's passing because she didn't have a lot of regrets because she lived in the moments. I wondered also if because Mary was one that chose what was better, I wonder if that gave her a different perspective on what her confidence in what Jesus was able to do. I just wonder because the Bible doesn't clarify, it doesn't give us that picture at all. We only see Martha's struggle. But it seemed that Mary didn't have the same level of concern. And so I just wonder if, because she paid attention to what was important, if her perspective on life was different. And I wonder that because I know in my own life, when I haven't spent time with the people I care about, when I haven't made it a priority to spend time with my family, regret creeps up quickly. Something happens and I'm like, oh, I should have, I should have, I should have. Let me tell you something. We don't want to live a I should have kind of life. We want to live a life that's blessed with God's favor and doing that is living in the present, living for now, living for the moment that you have because you know that tomorrow is not promised to you. It's not that we live in fear. It's that we live wise according to the scripture says. Live wise so you can take full advantage of every opportunity that God. When there's a moment your kid is wanting you to sit down and have a conversation. Everything else will wait. Take the five minutes and have the conversation. Sitting at dinner. My phone. I mean they give you a phone at work. Oh what a perk. It's not a perk. It's a short leash. That's all that is. It's a ball and chain, somebody said. Very true. Drag it around. So you're sitting at dinner, and the phone is on the table, and bloop. And, you know, just now, we're like Pavlov's dogs. The bell rings. We pick up the phone, right? Bloop, bloop, look at the phone. We have this, like, a natural action that happens. You hear somebody else's phone in the other room bleep, and you pick yours up. I mean, we just kind of were trained now. So that constant draw. Just a couple minutes, just need to see what the boss wanted, whatever. Three minutes, two minutes, a minute and a half of moment shifted. Not only that, but what is it telling my children and my wife whenever we're sitting at a table, meal is prepared, we're having conversation, and something on the other end of that phone is more important than the people I'm in the room with. I watched this little clip of a guy who was talking about distractions from phones. And he was saying how the phone has now become... I don't have my phone with me. But he he said a phone has now become like this person that's always with us. So you're walking up to someone. You're going to have a conversation with them. And, and you're holding your phone. Here it is. So it's you and the person and this person. <laughs> this thing that is now a person. And so he's talking about the whole idea of you go to have dinner with someone. And you bring your phone with you. And you set it on the table. But you turn it upside down. Because we're just going to kind of ignore this person that's sitting in the room with us. You just It's there, but it's not there. And then he said... The phone rings and the person looks at the caller ID and then puts it down and says, I'm not going to answer that right now. Like they did you a great favor, right? <laughs> I mean, I remember as a kid, my parents would be having a conversation and I walk up because clearly what was on my mind at seven years old was much more important than what these two adults are talking about, clearly. So I interrupt this conversation. Hey, blah, 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 blah. And in, back in those days, it was, you know, <laughs> I'm interrupting. I was being trained not to interrupt. Now we have this license that says, I can be interrupted. It's not rude to interrupt. What's funny is we'll carry a phone and we'll get interrupted by someone and and rebuke them for interrupting us while we have an introduced uh, interruption that we allow. What's the difference? What are we saying? I'm not saying that phones are wrong. Am I? No. What I'm saying is we have to live in the moment. Make sure that the busyness of our life Does not overshadow the moments that God gives us. I wonder how many times we miss a conversation where God would have given us something encouraging to tell someone else, but we're so buried into our device that we miss that moment because we're posting a prayer request on Facebook. Just kidding, that was just a joke. You understand what I'm saying? Let's be present. Let's be present. Let's be present. I think there's one thing that I I believe I can say with certainty is you'll never regret time you spend with people you love. I've never left my friend's house thinking, oh, that was a waste of three hours. (laughs) Never left a barbecue where we had good conversation and good food and thought, man, I could have so worked for those three hours. No, because inside we know that that's really where it's at. And you know, I got to think, and the only thing really that matters in the in the end of everything, we talk about legacy. And, and the older I get, for some reason, that word really resonates with me. <laughs> we talk about legacy, and, and many times we think about legacy as leaving an empire to our children and our our our. Uh, grandchildren and great grandchildren but but really what we leave as a legacy are the relationships that we build throughout our life those are you don't live on in a monument built to your name you live on in the hearts of people that love you you live on in the hearts and the minds of your grandchildren when they talk about grandpa legacy really only comes when you've impacted your family and your lineage enough that they choose to live their life After the fashion that you created when you were alive. That's what legacy is about. And if you miss moments, you miss the opportunity to leave legacy. That's why the scripture says, be wise. Live as a wise person. Take advantage of every opportunity. Live on purpose. Got to tell you, dinner with your family, talking about your day, laughing, sharing. Those are moments that are priceless. Having coffee with a friend if you don't have a family having coffee with a friend, getting to know that person. Understand, that those are priceless moments. A date night with your spouse. A date night with your spouse. You have to make those things. I don't care if it's Popeye's chicken and red box. You have to invest in that time. It's amazing to me how t- people will be amazed when a marriage crumbles and you ask them, have they spent any time with their spouse? And they're like, well, no, I see her every night before I go to bed. Oh, Really? You know, try driving your car without putting oil in it. Oil in It It won't be long until that lovely car of yours will not do anything for you except sit there. Right? Anything of value takes time and an investment. So, finishing up with this. I'm also fairly certain that on your deathbed, you know how in the movies, how many of you have seen, I forget which, which Batman movie it was, but there's a scene, I think it was... Um, Dark night rising, I think. But there's a scene where uh, this woman had been driving this, this uh, armored car, the whole thing been crashing, all this. And so it ends at this scene where she's like all bloody. She's about to die, and she's talking to someone. And is the, it is the worst dying scene Hollywood has ever produced. It is so overplayed. She's like, you know, struggling for breath. And then when she finally gets the last word out she's supposed to say, she just kind of falls over. <laughs> So put that in your mind, the Hollywood scene, the person's dying, they're always coughing. I don't know what it is. I guess when you die, you cough. I don't know. But every scene, they're (coughs) wheezing. I don't know. Everybody dies of emphysema in the movies. I don't know what it is. So there's this wheezing, dying moment. (coughs) You're coughing. You're trying to get these words out. And I'm pretty sure you'll never hear anyone say, oh, (coughs) I wish I could have just watched TV while I ate my dinner with no people around. (coughs) Or, Or perhaps it was my only... Regret in life is my life had people in it. (laughs) You're never going to hear that, right? No. What you're going to hear is there's not much time left. I want to be surrounded by people that love me. Where do we invest our time? Live on purpose. Make a choice to live in the moment. Like the scripture said, be wise, make the most of every. Opportunity. You know what we're really doing? We're choosing to swim upstream. We're choosing to do it differently. We're choosing to make a difference. The reason why we exist in this church here is so that people can know Christ, right? So that people can find freedom, so that people can discover their purpose, and so they can make a difference. The reason why we focus on families is because families make a difference. If, if, if your family is fighting to do the right thing, then your neighbors are going to look at you and you're going to say, I would like to live a life like that family has. And that is the biggest testimony, when you can share what God has done for you and how God is healing your family because we live in a world of broken families. So be wise, make the most of every opportunity. And I will tell you this, you will make mistakes, but we serve a God who forgives and gives us a new day every morning. When you're at the dinner table, having coffee with a friend, put the phone somewhere, put it on. There's this thing called do not disturb. You can turn it on and the phone will not ring. It's magic. When you have those moments, make eye contact, engage with people, ask questions, get to know someone. One last video clip and I'm wrapping up. And you can come. No, definitely. Hi, Dad. For sure. So, uh, if you, yeah, if you look at the assets... Uh-huh. Okay. What are we up? We're up uh, yeah, sorry, years. sorry. Uh... Sure, let's let's do that then. Uh sorry about that. Where think about No. There Hi Freddie. What's you doing? I'm busy. waste I'm just with you. look inside. Things look so bad everywhere. Let's see that uh, the fifth line. In this old world, what's fair? Bring me a high, what do you think? Love Thank you. Where's this high enough? I've been thinking of. Hi, Tad. Hi, Scarlet. Hi, Mr. Bobby Rinch. Hey look at I'll this. Is that a cardboard person? To choose my dad. The night alone. I could light the night up with my soul on fire. Uh, Make I the sun right. shy <laughs> <design>. <laughs> I you make. bring me a higher love, bring me bring me love, higher <laughs> love. That's pretty awesome. You know, I got to say, I got to say that it always bothers me when you watch those movies that uh, the parent is like overcome with work and, and they just, they can't shake it. And then at some point they just, you know, they, the whole story is about this person torn between their child and, and you know, their world's in chaos. And then they just walk into the boss's office and they just like, I'm done. And they walk off happy. I'm always wondering what they do for eating after that. Right? (laughs) How do they pay their mortgage after that? They always leave you hanging. They don't tell the details. Clearly, we have to provide. Clearly, we have responsibilities. Clearly, we have work. But we have to make those moments that we have count. Don't tell yourself, you know, when I schedule that week vacation, I'll spend time with my kids. One week out of 52? Don't always wait for tomorrow because I can assure you there'll be something just as busy tomorrow one thing I've learned and I don't know if it's good or not but I've learned it the reward for good work is more work if you don't believe that saying go to your job and outperform everybody else and they will not give you more time off they will give you more work (laughs) so it's not like the margin is going to just create itself we have to learn how to push it aside and say, I have this moment. I'm going to take this moment. Because hashtag LC family challenge is spending time when we have it. Take the moment. Live as a wise man and make the most of every single opportunity.